Welcome to Queering Little Women, the podcast about Joe March, the trans man who goes to parties and burnt dresses and dance with boys. This week, it's episode three, chapter three, The Lawrence Boy. Welcome back to the show. And we're going to just start talking about Chapter 3 here in Queer and Little Women. So, uh, in Chapter 3, the two older siblings, Meg and Joe, are invited to a party at, uh, I think at Annie Moffat's house? No, it's Sally Gardner's house. Yeah. Pardon me. Yep. Sally Gardner, later Moffat. Spoiler alert. I think that's true. I think Sally, Mo- Sally Gardner marries Annie Moffat's brother. So, they go to a party, but there's lots of mishaps, lots of shit's burned, and they have to try to fake it and act like none of their shit is burned when all of their shit is super burned. <laughs> right, because she burns her hair. She's there. And her dress is burned. Yeah, everything's Every- burned. <laughs> and crispy. they have to act like it's fine. Um, and also, and her gloves are stained with lemonade. Them, which is funny because I wouldn't even think lemonade would really yeah, give you a lasting think that. stain. A lasting scent, perhaps. Mm, of lemon. <laughs> Speaking of scent, I want everyone to know that currently we're eating. A delicious candy called Uncle Joe's Mint Ball, which were given to me by Uncle Joe, Joe's self. Uh-huh. Which makes you all aglow. I don't know how you can miss that. Oh, it says it that. keeps you all aglow. It keeps you all aglow, yes. Yeah, and I also want you to know that Joe's podcasting with a top hat on to match. Next. So, okay, I have a couple things I want to talk about in this chapter. So the summary, Joe goes to the party oh, sorry. and meets the Lawrence boy, Theodore Lawrence. That's the big, the big deal of this. Meg is wearing stupid shoes and sprains her ankle, and Joe and Laurie come to the rescue and take Meg home in the carriage. And that's what's happening. And that's what happens in this in this chapter. So, a couple things. First of all, Lou's favorite adjective for Joe is gentlemanly. It comes up many times. Joe's dress has a gentlemanly Col- linen collar. I know. Which I is know. like the, the collar of your dress is gentlemanly. That's, you're like, really it's, grasping you're at straws at that point. Really trying to make a point here. Yeah. yeah. And then later it talks about Joe, who didn't care much for girls or girlish gossip, stood about with her back carefully against the wall and felt as much out of place as a cult in a flower garden. Half a dozen jovial lads were talking about skates in another part of the room, and she longed to go join them. Joe just wants to be allowed to talk about skates. Yeah, I mean, it's really, there's, in the first three chapters, and surely throughout the book, Lou is really driving home that... Joe's a boy, Joe's a boy, Joe's a boy. Joe is a boy. Joe is trans. Joe identifies as a boy. Joe is a boy. Joe is a boy. Yeah. Um, I will say that regardless of that, it's bullshit that I guess girls can't even talk about skates. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, the way (laughs) that that scene and then Meg gives Joe like the stink eye. Oh, no. Like, you better not do that. And and Joe's like so wild that he can't even recognize that like. That that would be super. That he's what he's supposed to do or not do. You know? Right. Right. Oh, it's so funny. Um, and then later, when Joe um, meets Lori kind of behind the curtain in the other room, and they exchange names, Joe says, but I ain't Miss March, I'm only Joe. Ah, my fucking addition takes out all the ain'ts. That makes me like Joe so much more. Yeah, and later Joe says, I hate my name too, so sentimental, I wish everyone would say Joe instead of Josephine. Fucking A. And again, there's reference to Joe's gentlemanly demeanor. 
Now, I have something I want to talk to you about in this chapter, Maggie, that I think is going to blow your mind. I feel like you just got really... Because I have something that I really have been out of my mind excited to talk to you about that I noticed when I read chapter three. Lay it on me. I really feel like you're going to, like, I don't even know what you're going to do. I feel worried. Is it because of the top hat? Do you want to wear it? (laughs) No, no. Okay. Top hat's comforting. Okay. (laughs) So, I don't know if you noticed this. Mm-hmm. when reading the description of Lori. But let me read it to you again. She has brown skin. Joey is curly black hair, brown skin, big black eyes, long nose, nice teeth, little hands, and feet, tall as I am. Taller than me. However, curly black hair, brown, brown skin, skin, big black eyes. Huh. Is Lori black? <laughs> I think Lori's Italian. Because I read this and I was like, holy shit. No, you're right. He totally sounds like a black dude. He sounds like he's being described as black. That's true. And it's really only because, it's only because I know that this book was written in 1869. And I know that, 68, the first part, and I know that Lori is a character of wealth, that it would be impossible, essentially. Mm -hmm. For him. At least that's what we imagine. Yeah. For him to be... I think he's Italian. I actually recently got in a fight with my boyfriend about... Well, not a fight. We discussed what... Because there's... In later parts of the book, he's referred to as being Italian. Well, and he does talk about, like, traveling in Europe, and he went to school in Paris But and they in say Bavay things about and... his an Italian nature, which I mean... Because I, I think it... I feel like there's something in here about his mother married I, an Italian. I just Italian. think... See, you know what this made me think, though? What? Is that, like... And I've seen all of these films de- depictions of little women, and of course, Lori's always white. And in my mind, he was always white. Right. And then you read this description, and it's and like... that sounds like a black guy. Is, I mean, yeah, it is. Curly black hair, brown skin, big black eyes. Like, sure. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I'm just like, okay, what, like, is it the historical context that makes people... Uh, and because he's a character of wealth, mm-hmm. that makes you assume mm-hmm. that, that he is white? I think that... Because you know how Lori's grandfather... I think there's, like, some anger about Lori's mom. Mm. That it's like Lori's father wasn't supposed to get married to Lori's mother. Well, Lori's mother was... I thought that the mother was Lori's. The grandfather was um, no, on the mother's no, no, side. No, 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 The grandfather... I think the grandfather's on the father's side. I thought it was on the mother's side because of no. the, the piano. Because the piano? No, I think that's a different person. Oh, I guess I have to... I think his daughter who, was in the t- who did the piano was not Lori's mom. Oh, I thought that it was. Well, because think about it, his last name is Lawrence. And so is Lori's last name is Lawrence. Like, Mr. Sure, Lawrence and sure, Mark. So it has sure. to be, like, a patrilineal thing. Sure, I guess. Thing. Okay. Well interesting it does seem like they're yeah they're describing Lori as a person of color and then later they do say because Lori has the carriage and gives them the ride home in the annotation it said that since owning a carriage was a a symbol of wealth at that time Uh and that the March family would have to um they would like rent rent a a a carriage basically right and so that that was a symbol of wealth so definitely the Lawrence family is wealthy oh for sure but it's interesting because it's just like it never occurred to me. All right, it never these, even crosses your mind. All of these depictions in and films and that's what happens in movies. White people. When you, I feel like people have pointed that out to me a lot in movies, and it's like my sort of ignorance of that, or like you know my own racism coming out that you don't notice. Yep. Like people talk about like the Hunger Games, right? The, all the different characters in it who are just depicted as white people. Well, and there was they're actually described in in the Hunger Games though ways. the character Rue. There was a big drama about that when the film came out. That well, she, she's obviously black. She in the was book. described in the book as black, yeah. Rue, and her character was depicted as a as a person of color, a mm-hmm, black girl. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and there was all of this bullshit racist stuff that came out sure, when sure, sure. that after the film came out that was like, oh, were you like less sad that oh, Rue that's, died I, that's because terrible. she was black? That's just disgusting. And it was like, and but that's what this made me think when I was like, holy shit! Like, it never how much to you. how much whitewashing has been going on with this character mm. or with this yeah. whatever that like you just assume that right. That these people are white. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and as a person who is white myself, like, I feel like I'm not the best person to speak to that. Well, thanks for highlighting that. Man. Sure. What are other things that we noticed? I didn't have anything about Amy in this chapter because she wasn't in it that much. Sure. Oh, it was so sad when Joe burned uh, Meg's hair in the beginning. I, I do kind of love that scene. In the beginning of the chapter, there's this lovely scene where Joe is in the garret eating apples. <laughs> and Hanging out with and the rat. Yeah, and and reading and crying, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, there's this quote from one of Lou's journals Mm -hmm. that says, uh, I'm in the garret with my papers round me and a pile of apples to eat while I write in my journal, plan stories, and enjoy the patter of rain on the roof in peace and quiet. And then LMA or Lou had this thing that they would do when they wrote in their journals where they would like reread them later and oh. then go through and make little notes. And they made oh, a little note that was like Joe in the Garrett, like years later uh-huh. in their own journal. Oh, so it was just so cute because so that cute. was written in 1855, which was about mm-hmm. 10, 10 years before Little Women was written. Also in the annotation, it talks about the real life people that Lori, the Lori character, is based off of. Oh yeah, I've of. been interested in that. Now, um, Lou states that there were two people that Lori was based off of. One is a dear friend of Lou's named Alfred Whitman. Okay. And another one is um, someone whose name I'm not going to be able to pronounce correctly, Ladislas Winwinski. Wisvinsky, mm-hmm. um, someone who was uh, that Lou met while traveling in uh, Europe, mm-hmm. and so those two people were the ones that LMA said that Lori was based off of. However, so no one from there was from their childhood. Why there's wild speculation about who Lori huh. was based off of. Like some people say it was Thoreau, some people say it was oh, um, like Emerson one of or their famous neighbors. Or, yeah, other like and lots of people think that it was them. Bronson like has been told telling people like, oh, did you see yourself? in uh, as Laurie in, in Lou's book, uh-huh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So there's wild speculation about who Laurie is based off. I think essentially, but Lou themselves said that it was these two people in a, okay. in, in a letter to Alfred said, Laurie is you and my Polish boy. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. Um, You said you didn't have any Amy notes. There's one, Amy does a good job in this chapter because she's the one who fixes Meg's hair and figures out how to make it look well, cool. Well, because Amy is vain. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they are going to a party. Come on, like, you never worry about what your hair looks like when you're going to a party. I guess I do. I think that's a valid concern. Sure. If and you just burned off the front of your, of your hair, hair, you would probably yeah. be pretty bummed. And there is that in the 1994 version of, the, of Little Women with Winona Ryder, when she first meets Lori, then there's this scene where he's like, oh, Meg is so, uh, like, attractive or something, which Uh is the way that it happens is a little different from how it happens in the book. But then Joe, it seems like he's having kind of like a reaction where he's, like, a little jealous that Uh Lori thinks that Meg is more attractive, Uh and he goes, she's completely bald in front. (laughs) Oh, I love that scene! I totally remember that Winona Ryder scene. Totally. That is funny. <laughs> but that's not that's Do you not think Joe has a crush on Lori? No. I don't either. No. I don't. 
Right. I think that that Joe has a a, a very tender fondness. Right. Of, and even immediately. at this point, and I think it's a lot of like a um, fascination. What's the kind of crush where you like you kind of want to be that person? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah because. She, you know, he does say he wants to go to college and all of right, that stuff. And, right. like, and sort of jealous of Lori's life going to school in France and speaking right, French. Right, and getting and, to do, have all these experiences that Joe would like to have. Yeah. And so I think I think that Joe is just, at this point, just, like, deeply fascinated right, with Lori. Right, just, like, who like, is this new person? Yeah. And, yeah. And also just, like, relieved to find another boy that he can talk to right, and relate to. Right, because he has no interest. Because, yeah, I mean, boy. he's essentially, like in you know hanging out with his sisters all the time and doesn't really have much you know bro time he just wants a bro (laughs) he totally just wants a bro i know i mean he is gay but that'll come later i know but i don't i don't because that's because i know (laughs) that we yeah that joe is gay or we i sort of at least has attraction to men yeah at least you know maybe has attraction to women too but that would be maybe we'll see it you know interesting Here's something fascinating. Yeah. In the Stuff You Missed in History class yeah. podcast about Bronson, mm-hmm. Bronson, Lou's dad, mm-hmm. um, actually started this um, commune. Where, like, all the men had to live together and all the women had to live called, together? Yeah. It was called Fruitlands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And started it with this guy, Charles Lane. Mm-hmm. And Abigail, historically hated Charles, Charles Lane. Lane. They did not get along well at all. Did she go and, and live with him, though? So they all lived in Fruitlands, and then there was this big thing where Lane said that they needed to sleep sex-segregated, uh-huh. and Abigail lost her shit and was yes. like, was like, if you do that, I'm taking the kids and I'm leaving. That's fucking And amazing. so there was... In, in the, which I thought this was so fascinating, in the Stuff You Missed in History podcast, which is not particularly yeah. queer podcast, they were like, so Bronson and Charles Lane, they had this relationship. Who knows what it was what? really, what the nature of that relationship mm-hmm. was, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, you know, Bronson probably was a little gay. Sure. And that's interesting. And that's why it would be such a great idea to, why don't we all just sleep sex segregated? Right. So I can hang out with Charles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, if there's going to be someone that's going to be a little homo flexible, it's going to be those fucking transcendentalists in oh, yeah. Concord, Massachusetts. <laughs> you know, they're having a fine time. I love that. I don't really have very much else oh, for my one last three. thing yep. in my eternal Meg love and wanting. I think part of the appeal of this book is that I really wanted to have sisters. And, mm-hmm. you know, and... You don't have any sisters. I don't have any sisters. I have two older brothers. Mm-hmm. I and have two older brothers, too. Oh, yeah. But I also have you an older sister. You also have an older sister. Is that nice? Um, I don't have a traditional relationship with my sister because my sister has developmental disabilities. Mm. So I think that similarly, because I didn't have a traditional relationship with my sister, mm-hmm. I sort of longed for something more similar to this, hmm. this type of relationship or relationships that I saw with other people who had sisters who were more like... Um, more similar to them peers or, or huh. whatever yeah Interesting. because my sister is like something like 15 years older than me too but oh wow yeah so she was already an adult by the time well not an adult but a teenager by the time you were yeah. born yeah but because of her developmental disabilities it was always like i felt like i was taking care of her hmm. sure um anyway this family moment where meg says i declare it really seems like being a fine young lady to come home from the party in a carriage and sit in my dressing gown with a maid to wait on me said Meg as Joe bound up her foot with arnica and brushed her hair. 
And I just think that's like, I want, I love that they like, I don't know, I love that Meg wants all of these fine things, you know, and expensive things, and but like actually finds a way to take that kind of pleasure in like mm-hmm. her own real life. Just like, look at that, I got to go to a party and now someone's taking care of me and brushing my hair. And mm-hmm. I just think it's so sweet. Yeah, I loved this chapter. I, I was telling you before, I feel like it, it's so... It, it makes me feel like I'm being hugged because it's so mm-hmm. familiar and it's so... I just feel at home in it, you know? Mm-hmm. In, in that yeah, particular it's really homey. Chapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mischief of And Joe it's fun and... that they both get to... They get to go to the party and they both get to have the kind of time that they want to have. You know, like, yeah. Meg gets to go out and dance and, and be sort of fashionable lady. And she gets invited to um, Annie Moffat's house in the future, which we're going to get to later. Oh, that's and fun. And then Joe gets to make her new bro friend. Yeah, and dance and be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, that's all for this week, I think. Yeah. So if you want to interact with us or call us or contact us sometime or join us or guest star or whatever, you can contact me and Maggie at queeringlittlewomen at gmail.com. We just love to hear from you. We'd love to hear what you think. We missed something. And we don't twit, so um, we It's you have really to... definitely pronounced tweet, but Joe's so, not into that. No. So. We don't do any twitting or any other things like that. So if you wanted to... Um, if you want to tweet us, we're real sorry about that. You're going to have to... You can just try tweeting anyone. But just, just try tweeting it If in you general. are someone who likes to send things in the U.S. post... Oh, do we want to reveal our addresses? You can email us at queerlittlewomen at gmail.com and I will share my address yeah. with one person and then you can send us something in the U.S. post. We would accept that. Would that would be delightful. That would be lovely because we do, I, you know, obviously we're talking about a book that was written 150 years ago, so we have a fondness for <laughs> older things is what I was going to say in traditions. I personally love the U.S. post. So I love the U.S. Postal Service too. Um, it's a great deal. (laughs) I do not, I do not want to be misrepresented. Oh, and just to, (laughs) Kyla, our producer Kyla is suggesting that we close with the Pledge of Allegiance. So we'll see you next time on Colonial Women. Not do that. And I pledge Um, allegiance. No, stop it. No, I'm pledging no allegiance to anything. Oh, to yourself. Okay, that's fine. Oh, we are, if you do want to be a guest, just so you know, we're recording this from Minneapolis, Minnesota, so people who are close to us, then they can come anytime to one of our recording sessions. And we could figure out how to maybe Skype or something, too. If you are in another city or are interested in being a guest. So, let us know. And that's all. See you next time on Queen Little (laughs) Women when we discuss Chapter 4, Burdens. See you next time on Queering Little Women when we discuss Chapter 4... <laughs> when we discuss chapter four, chapter four, um, I was gonna say something else and now I can't remember. You have a top hat.